Hi, and welcome to another Honest Jay interview. Joshua and Rachel Minter are a passionate missionary who loves the Lord and who often sees Him either heal or provide in a supernatural way, and that's what the Holy Spirit often does. This conversation will help and expand your perspective and make you hungry for more of God. And in the midst of the controversies that surround the spiritual gifts and, you know, praying for supernatural works and etc., we want to assure you that our approach is from the solid steadfastness in simply desiring the intimacy with God and to know Jesus. You'll also hear me start the interview with saying that we'll be moving on to a slightly different topic in part two. But since we have lost track of time that took part one so long, I will upload part two next time. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and make sure you subscribe to the email notification for the new interview uploads. You can find the links on that on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram page. Thank you and enjoy this podcast. All right, guys, welcome to another Honest Jay interview. Here we have today, a special guest here is Josh Minter, Joshua Minter. Um, and we want to be talking about the supernatural and the faith in the supernaturals. Um, and in the part two, on part one, we're going to be dealing with about how an experienced person can explain to us how the operation in the gifts of the spirit and the prophetic and how we can approach them uh, in our lives and how much of impact and the fruit that brings into the ministry and what kind of possibility and door it opens. I'm thinking he's got amazing testimonies and stories to share with us. So I'm really excited about that. But what I'm also really excited about is the part two, which is going to be coming after this video, where we'll be talking about the unity of the body of Christ. And it is something that is in both of our hearts. And I think it is something that is in many of our hearts as well. And I think a discussion between the word emphasis and the spirit emphasis is something that is crucial. So this is where I want to, uh, this is where we want to take a step uh, in hopes and in prayer to see what kind of um, unpacking that maybe we can do in terms of the misunderstandings that there may be uh, between these two emphasis in the sides of people because i think it was, it's great to hear from both sides of things uh i'm going to have another interview with some someone else from the word side as well and we can create this discussion on from there on so yeah joshua minter he was born and raised in east london of south africa he began with his ministry in 2009 which we will get into in details just now he is currently a missionary with his wife rachel who is from the united states and they have three beautiful daughters named Sela, Shalom, and Kairos, beautiful names. So I asked him what his uh, favorite food is, and he said it's everything. So, and I think that is like what really makes a true missionary. So welcome, welcome, Josh. It's good to have you. Hey, hey Jay, it's so good to be here. Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm so yeah. so honored, bro. Oh, that's great. So I met you um, while I was still serving on, on board the Logos Hope ship. Uh, mm -hmm. And we came to East London. Was it East London? Yeah. Or, yes. <clears throat> and, yeah. and then as part of the ministry that we partnered with the ship there, uh, I, got, I had the fortunate event of participating uh, with, your, with your ministry and the mission there. And so, and, and, and it was an amazing thing to see, you know, it was, it was such a delight to be connected with you and the community there. And so why, why don't you um, go ahead and give yourself just a, you know, brief introduction about you and just and the ministry and the associations and what you're doing in the place there. Yeah, so that's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, our ministry is called Global Mercy Missions. Um, my wife and I, we founded it you know, about seven years ago, I think. 
we founded the actual ministry, but we have been missionaries for a long time. Even before we were married, we were involved in ministries. Um, Rachel did her, her theological training at Ahop University. Um, and then I was doing um, online theological school um, and working and serving at a church, leading multiple youth meetings and Sunday school meetings and outreaches. And I was involved in a worship thing. So anyway, we met, my wife and I, we met on missions in Pemba, Mozambique. Um, quite a radical experience. We actually went to ministry training or missionary training school. Mm -hmm. um, and it was mainly to be like activated to go and do ministry work. Like we had the right. background. We were just going there for three months to get activated. We had a bunch of outreaches planned. Um, it was amazing. And that's where I met my wife. That's where I met right. Rachel. Right. In Pemba, Mississippi. Right. It was beautiful. I absolutely loved it. And then we got married nine months later. When Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. And, <laughs> um, and then... This is, a, this is the crazy thing. My parents were not able, my family was not able to make it to our wedding ceremony. Wow. And this was before the days of Zoom and Facebook Live and right. all those things. Right. And we got married three months later. Later, we came back to South Africa and I introduced my parents to my wife. That was the first time I met. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> it was a beautiful place. It was an amazing time. And that's actually when God uh, brought us to um, the rubbish dump where we started our ministry from. Um, uh, people handed over the leaders and the founders uh, of, of a ministry or MPO called Utiko Lungida Ministries. They pioneered a soup kitchen once a week and a daycare for the children um, mm. four days or three days of the week. And basically... We, when we came there, they were like, yes, the whole ministry, they gave it to us. Okay. We renamed it, reshaped it a little bit, but it's still, we call the, the preschool that we run, Utikolungia um, Preschool, to honor the, the forerunners. So right. they're Excuse absolutely me. incredible. Go for it. Uh, what, is a, what does it mean, the name of that? Utikolungia uh, uh, means God is good. Um, God is and good. it's just basically revealing the heart of God to people that think Jesus is angry and wants to punish them only. Mm. Um, it mm. kind of breaks the stereotype yeah. of uh, what they've been exposed to in churches, in, in the local people group. That also mm. um, mm. I think that was, I didn't, I didn't name it that. Uh, I think it's a brilliant name. Mm. Um, and that's why we've kept it so much. Uh, and I love it. Yeah. So uh, the, the founders of that ministry are, um, Irina Rasmus, she's absolutely incredible. Love her with all my heart. Um, but yeah, then we, we started Global Mercy Missions from that. And it's just um, naturally evolved into what it is today. We've got a preschool, um, teaching kids holistic education. Um, and then we've also got like a homeschooling cluster with all the kids that cannot get into schools. We actually teach them so they don't lose out, lose those precious years. Mm. We've got a baby center with about 15 babies in it. Um, mm. We do soup kitchen five days of the week. Um, we've got churches that we run from the base on the rubbish dump. Uh, we've got mm. a clinic. Uh, we, we also rescue women stuck in human trafficking. Um, and we do loads of outreaches into the local hospitals and into the local communities and even into the villages around East London in the Eastern Cape. So we do quite a lot of things. 
Um, mm. And I've got an incredible team. I love them with all my heart. A bunch of missionaries that have given up everything just to serve Jesus and run alongside of us. So mm. it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's amazing. basic, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great. That's great. I think I'm gonna be, you know, as you as you're explaining, I think what I'm gonna do is just like pop up some pictures here and there and yeah. in the edit as well, so people can have a better idea of what uh, this place is. But it's literally a rubbish dump. You know, it's yes. literally a rubbish dump. And I was shocked to actually find a community of people, you know, living mm. living in that. You know, not even just like a little bit further away from the rubbish dump but like actually by the rubbish dump yeah so as i have said earlier um the reason why i actually wanted to actually really call you up and interview you about this as well is first of all i wanted to hear about your ministry and and what is happening on that side too but at the same time the operations and the and the spiritual gifting you know like the culture of that like when did it begin with you did it, is it something that you've always kind of grown up with or was it like part of your growing growing up culture or is it is was there a moment well, um, uh, my parents have always led churches and they've always been a part of different denominations and organizations. So I've had a very vast spectrum of different denominations. So at any given time, I can remember being, oh man, I can't even remember some of them for gospel. Um, oh, I can't remember. I think we were even Presbyterian at one point and then we were non-denominational. I remember my parents going through this whole long journey. Um, my parents are more spiritually inclined um, to like listen to the voice of God and operate. I remember my mother, she was the one that first introduced me to the Holy Spirit. And I think when I was five years old, I, I received my prayer language, which was beautiful. I loved it. I use it every day. Um, and it was that you, my mother sorry, actually... Do you mean prayer language as in tongues? Yes, speaking in tongues. Right, sorry, okay. yeah. Thank no you problem. for clarification. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's when I, that she also taught me how to unlock the Bible and read from the Bible. And then also just being in church all the time growing up, I had a really big understanding of what, um, ministry looks like. Um, and I remember when I got to my teenagers, I remember saying to God, I want nothing to do with church. I am so done. Mm. I'm one of those pastor's kids that are offended. I was one of those pastor's kids that was offended by the church been so hurt, so burnt, um, just hearing all the stories and firsthand experiencing it, church splits, all of that stuff. I was just, I'm done. I'm like so over church. I'm, I don't mm. want to know it because mm. I had a relationship based out of my parents' experiences and revelation of God. It was mm. never personal mm. for me. Mm. And I remember I like rebelled. I rebelled really hard, opened a lot of doors, got addicted to substances, um, and just been crazy in the world. Wow. And I remember one day in the dance floor at this nightclub, I was drunk and high out of my brains. I was dancing like I thought I was the best dancer in the world, but I was probably really bad. And um, I remember Jesus appearing to me on the dance floor. And instantly I was sober. <laughs> wow. This is, this is just, this is my personal encounter with Jesus. Yeah. I, was, I was sober instantly and i remember him looking at me and he, those eyes of love towards me and he says joshua i have made you for more than this and wow. i remember just that his love and emotions for me overwhelmed me and i just started weeping i was so that like I, I was on my right mind when i saw him and as soon as he left it was like one two three he was 
I was gone, that encounter was gone. And I, I was, uh, the, the alcohol hit me. I was weeping, um, you know, that alcoholic crying thing that people talk about. I've had that. And I remember like finding my way out of a nightclub, mm. going into the parking lot and just crumbling on the floor, repenting mm. and saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I was so depressed. So just overwhelmed with my decisions um, and the consequences of my sin. Um, and I remember that day I turned to Jesus. I, I gave everything up. Um, it was amazing. I took my cigarettes and I crumpled them in my head and I threw them over the fence and never touched them again. Wow. Um, like, like instance, like set free from my addictions to nicotine. Wow. Um, and that's where I, I had to run away. I had to run away from East London. Now I went to, um, a city in East London, in a city in South Africa, um, mm. and I did like a gap year there. And um, that church was very, uh, lack of words, seeker friendly. So it was a, a big congregation, um, and they preached Jesus in every message, which is good. Um, and it, it was just very, very seeker friendly. No, I've got nothing against that, but anyway, that, that's how it was. And it brought me to this place because they were Jesus, 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 Jesus where I have to find out who Jesus is for me. Like, like who is this friend that they keep on talking about? Who is he in the Bible? Um, and like listening to what my parents say about Jesus, but also listening to what my Bible school is t- telling me about Jesus and putting it all together and finding it. And um, just that whole encounter. And then um, I, this is just my story of how I like to tell this, but I always say Jesus, mm-hmm. after I met Jesus, he introduced me to Father God. Um, and then I had that whole revelation of God loves me like a father. I am a son. I am royal. I am a prince in his home. Um, mm. I can go to the fridge of heaven and open it and take out a glass of milk whenever I want it, you know. Mm. Um, and during that season, my dad, who was a pastor for many years, um, stumbled and he fell uh, quite publicly back home. And mm. I watched the church totally taking to like they shredded him they mm. destroyed his ministry and he mm. was repentant um and it just grieved me it was it wasn't a small wasn't a small mistake <laughs> it was quite a big thing and um, it affected the whole family quite negatively but i realized that my identity does not come from my father it came from god the father mm. not my earthly father mm. and that security was there and i knew who i was Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to be a father and speak into my dad's life um, for that season. And mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus. We have seen my whole family restored. My dad wow. is back in the ministry. He's still on fire for Jesus. Wow. Uh, but then um, uh, a, a, a few years after that, that's when Father God introduced me to the Holy Spirit. Um, and this is like, I a hundred percent believe in the Trinity of God, Jesus, Father God, and Holy Spirit. I, mm-hmm. Like, just He is one, yet He is just these beautiful different expressions. And the Holy Spirit is the essence of Jesus right. living inside. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just I love that. And I remember I was in a small church in the middle of the mountains. Um, I went to this conference that I was like, where am I? It's a healing conference. I, what is going on? <laughs> a little bit freaked out. Like, can I trust these people? I don't know them. I'm just going because my friend says he's going. So right. that's why I went. And it was literally in the middle of the mountains. And 
he was preaching from the Bible. And when he preached it, I was like, revelation, 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 revelation. Even though all of my religious barriers were being um, challenged, I could uh. feel like this doesn't make any sense to me. I've never been taught this. Our healing is, is healing for today. What, uh, like I was just, just really wrestling with this. But as soon as he was unpacking the Bible, I was like, oh, I get it. Oh, yes, I saw that. Oh, I see that too. Um, and hmm. then on Saturday, there was an activation. He said, go out and pray for the sick. Uh, don't preach the gospel. Just pray for the sick. And let's see what happens. I just challenge you. And I was like, ah, oh, this is so awkward. God, what am I doing? And we go into a rural area where they only speak Zulu. I can't speak Zulu. And we go walking in the bush, going from little hut to little hut, looking for the sick. That was my only... And I thought, okay, cool. You know, I'll go with a team that's more experienced than me. Nope, that did not happen. I went with one 16-year-old translator and myself. Her English is bad. Mark also, sorry, my Zulu doesn't exist. It was hilarious us trying to break down this barrier. Looking for the sick, right? Yeah. We go three, three, village, three huts later, no sick people. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is weird. Jesus, what am I doing? <laughs> eventually we get to this one hut and i walk in and this woman is like she's in so much pain she's rocking back and forth mm. and i remember going up to her and saying can we pray what's wrong and she said i have tb of the bones and i'm like i'm not a medical doctor what is tb of the bones I think. yeah okay. my the, the 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 conference is all about healing let me just pray you know dr jesus he knows all sicknesses put my hand on this lady and I prayed a very simple prayer. I had to be simple because of the English and Zulu barriers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I pray a simple prayer. The woman stands up crying. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, I've offended her. What have I done? Oh no. And at this moment, like the granny in the house jumps up and runs out the building. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm trying to find out what's going on. Nothing's happening. These the two ladies are speaking in Zulu to each other. And I'm like, oh, okay, obviously it didn't work. Let me, let me, let me pray again, all insecure. And the interpreter, she turns to me and she says, Joshua, you don't understand. She has been paralyzed for nine months. And instantly she was healed. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, what? No, what? No, no way. Why would God use me? I am a sinner. I'm a mess. I God will use me. He uses pe other people for the healing ministry. That, that's not me. And I'm freaking out trying to um, think my way around this miracle, right? Right. At that moment, and she's encountering God's love like crazy. Wow. At that moment, the whole family comes running into the hut. The whole family. And I don't even believe that this woman is healed properly. I'm like, I had no faith. I was like, God would never use me. Right. Why would he use me? No, right. look at my past. I'm a mess. And with this, this well of boldness came up like from my, from my, my belly. And it said, I said to them, it isn't me. It's Jesus. And I said, get up and walk. And this woman stands up and walks across the Rindavel, the, 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 the shack and the whole family falls to their knees and they say i need this jesus i need this jesus and the whole family got saved and i didn't preach a word of the gospel like 
And I literally just introduced them to Jesus. I'm like, what just happened? My worldview and my perspective of how I do ministry shifted that day. Mm. Wow. It's it's incredible. I praised Jesus. Yeah. Um, And we went back to that small little church and they prayed for us for an impartation. Um, uh, Impartation, I believe, is a seed of breakthrough in this area that Mm. they wanted to deposit in my heart. So I'll go forward and it's freaking me out, bro. I'm like, God, what this is just weird. I don't want any part of what is an impartation? These weird Christians. I'm like, like just going crazy inside my little brain. And I, I, I call it my Jonah experience where I was running away from the calling of God in my life. Because mm. I knew if I said yes to this, I would not be the same. I just knew it. I could not live my normal mm. mundane Christian life if mm. um, if I say yes to this. Mm. So I go forward and this man, his name's Wendell. I love him. He's a very good friend of mine. He reaches forward to put his hands on my head, but he gets like a meter away from me and he feels this electricity surge. I feel this electric surge and I go flying across the whole church. No one touched me. And um, I, 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 he says, Wendell, he says, he jokes, he's like, bro, you don't get an impartation from me. You go <laughs> from Jesus because <laughs> he doesn't touch me and I'm flying across the room. So my introduction to the radical raw power and love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And for two weeks straight, I had seen, I saw so many miracles, um, dreams. I had a dream about my friend that lived across the country and he um, I, in my dream, he had, um, he had type one diabetes. So I phoned him up and he's like, young, he's in his twenties at the time. And I'm like, Hey bro, I had a dream that you got type one diabetes. And he just starts weeping. And he says, Joshua, how did you know that? I just came back from the doctor. I'm driving home mm. um, with my parents. I've just been diagnosed with type one diabetes. Pray mm-hmm. for him. He gets healed. So the whole that was kind of how I got introduced to the Holy spirit. And I've never been able to go back. Um, just my normal way of doing ministry. And it's led me, uh, um, it's, it's not normal for, for me to see a miracle within my week. Like I always am seeing some kind of sign and wonder, not from me only, but like from people in our ministry, from, Mm. um, it's just, it's just all over the place. just, I'm so honored that Mm. it has not Mm. stopped. It hasn't been a season. And now we're going back like, since 2009 since that day until now i cannot remember a month or a week without seeing a miracle personally and with my friends and the community of people i run with wow Um, and i remember in the beginning i just wanted to tell everyone about this you know like Mm. guys it's just why are we doing church the way we're doing church this doesn't make any sense and i was very immature in the beginning on how i communicated um and Anyway, thank you to Jesus we all for, are, yeah. for, for brothers and sisters and fathers to walk along with me, you know. And, for the grace um, in all these communities. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, passion, guys, passion. I never want to lose my passion. Mm, I, want mm. to, I want to grow in maturity of how I communicate my passion. Right, so, for sure, for sure. Um, it's been amazing. So yeah, that's that's incredible. That's kind of so, there's not been a, a season of of like switching into something no. or a different method or nothing. It's just continually kept on, you know, yes. that's, that's, that's crazy. That, that's, that's amazing. Is it, is it, amazing? 
is it the is it is it got to do with um you being in the culture like in the community community of of these people like that or is just just impartation you know that is a really good point um but i remember the first three years i'm gonna cry thinking of this um i remember the first three years where i felt so alone um i felt like i had no one that thought like me believed like me had experiences and testimonies like me i was like god what are you doing and for me it was like um it was like god was just teaching me how to rely on his presence how to rely on the holy spirit and not rely on my friends um, mm. or my church leaders um, mm. or anything. Because I was still part of that very um, seeker-friendly church. Um, and mm. I mean, I, like, I, literally, I literally cut my teeth on hosting the presence of God with my, with my Sunday school that was 300 children strong and activating my children in praying, praying for the sick, activating the children how to hear the voice of God um, I did that by myself. Like, I didn't even have a team to help me. Like, talk about trying to control children. I had 300 of them mm. and, like, maybe a, a small handful of very immature Christians, teenagers, that didn't know how to direct and talk to children and teach children. And now mm. I am with the mass of them. And the best tool that I had was welcoming the Holy Spirit. Like, when they were the most disruptive, I would literally invite the Holy Spirit into the meeting and everything just settled. The children would sit in the presence of God, weeping, laughing, speaking in tongues, prophesying for hours that the mm. parents had to pull the children out because they, they just didn't want to leave. It mm. was beautiful. Mm. So anyway, wow. so yeah, I have had a season of being alone mm. and I've had seasons of running with people. Uh, but this is the thing, right? Like um, I'm, I'm reliant on Jesus. I'm not reliant on the people around me. Um, to maintain my inner world, mm. my relationship mm. with God, and my passion to see His kingdom invading on earth. Like that's got to, that's my responsibility. It's mm. not my friends. And I feel like I feel like that's something where people get in. People are like that. They're like, I can't be. I got. I only can be holy when I'm around holy people. You know, mm. Mm. Um, which is good. It's wise. Don't go and put yourself in bad situations. Um, but at the same time, it's like, allow God to lead you to be, um, at ease with you and him. Are, are we okay with like, my best friend is Jesus, not because of what he's done through me, but what I've seen him done. My best friend is Jesus because I actually enjoy his presence. I enjoy Jesus mm. and that hasn't changed. Mm. So anyway. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. It's amazing. You know, and as for me, like, I think on my, pro <laughs> me, my side of personal journey, I mean, I obviously also like seeing movies like Holy Ghost and it, it inspires me, you know, to, to reach out to. And uh, yeah, I would go out and try to like pray for people, right? I would try, pray for people, Just try to make it simple, not, nothing like fancy or whatever, you know. Uh, I've seen some people that say they felt better afterwards. And so, and I'm like, wow, that's great. And then uh, I don't know. I, and, and then I don't know if they have, like, if it, whether they have lasted or whatnot as well, you know. Mm. And then also m many of oftentimes when I've had encounter with people, you know, it was more 
for me was more was i would say comfortable at the same time but also like i more engaging as I, you know, communicated with them. I like to, I like to more, you know, talk about stuff and explain things and, you know, just hear out their story and, and just to feel with them uh, what they're going through and, and stuff like that, you know? Um, and mm. it's not like a prevalent thing, right? It's not a prevalent thing, although I want it. And I know that there are a lot of people also out there that want, that wants this and are out there practicing yeah. these things but yeah. is not natural. It is not naturally operating. It's not naturally happening, yeah. you know? So, um, but then but, 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 talking about the ministry itself, what do you think about this? Um, how necessary or optional is it, you know? And, and, is, and, and is it okay to be content with having no operation on the gifts of the mm. spirit? What do you think about that? That's a really good question. Um, it's a really good question. I think there's two, there's two stories that come to mind. Uh, one is personal and one is my wife's story. But I remember, I remember in the beginning, I had extreme food allergies, like so bad. Um, allergies to everything, pollen, cat hair, dog hair, uh, what food I ate, wheat, sugar, oh. canned foods, sugar, rash. Like, like, yeah, my hair was falling out. It was, it was bad. I, could, I felt like I couldn't eat anything. And at the same time, I, it was during the beginning of the season where I, started, I was praying for the sick and seeing them healed, like radical healings, like spinal TV, that lady that was paralyzed, she got up and, and walked. The one I just told you, I was sick. I remember that day. I was so sick because of my allergies. Um, I remember that. And it was like this constant contrast between... Um, between me not seeing my own physical healing and then seeing everyone else being healed through my prayers. So I'd go home and this, this, I, I, I think it was a righteous jealousy. I was like, God, why are you not healing me? Why am I not being healed? Why, why are you using me to, to pray for the sick, but I'm not getting healed. God, don't you love me enough? And I, I was dialoguing with Jesus. Like, like what what is this but every time i went out i would celebrate the healings that i saw through myself uh god using me and um through other people like i would just feast on testimonies mm. because my experience of god does does not define who god is god is healer jehovah rapha this is his nature it's mm. in his personality it's he is a healing god and whether or not i'm seeing him heal me personally does not change how I believe who he is. Does that make sense? And yeah. it's with that faith, not faith in my experience, but faith in Jesus. Jesus, mm. I think it's Isaiah. I, and now this is just, I, I haven't prepared this, but um, I, I think Isaiah, he says, uh, his body was broken for our um, infirmities, our sicknesses. And mm. so Jesus paid the price for all sicknesses he paid the price so whenever i take communion i am communing in the communing in the fact that jesus paid the price for my sicknesses and the sicknesses around me so it comes it flows from that revelation that god is healer instead of the revelation of what i've experienced god does that make sense mm -hmm. so i think it's i think it's we've got a it's a contrast of actually um because there are people i pray for that don't get healed like you know, my, my, my grandmother passed away from cancer. Um, and I have seen 
brain tumors disappear, medically proven. Uh, I've seen that. And then when I prayed for my, my, my grandmother, she wasn't healed. Mm. And I had to mourn my grandmother's death where cancer um, uh, was, was the reason why she passed away. And it's, it's, it was this interesting tension. And I remember sitting at my grandmother's uh, deathbed and watching her, watching her pass away and just crying and saying, God, I still choose to praise you. You are the God that heals cancer. I still choose to praise you. That is my experience of you in this area does not mm. determine my faith in that area. Mm -hmm. So that, that's me personally. I've, that's been my tool to overcome the disappointment is mm. to praise him even in the midst of the disappointment. Because in heaven, I'm not going to have this opportunity. I'm never going to be able to worship God despite my circumstances. Mm. This is a gift mm. that I can give God, a, a, wow. a, a, a praise gift, an offering of praise. In the hardest circumstances, God, even though I don't see you healing my biological grand, even though I've seen you heal many people with cancer, I'm still choosing to praise you despite the circumstances. And that has kept me going. It's kept me um, pursuing healing. And I actually got this saying, Satan thinks he can touch my family. Well, I'm going to have revenge. And I go after cancer even harder. This one boy um, in our community, um, one of our sons in the community, he's about eight months old. He was lying on the bed while his parents are busy doing hard drugs. And for three months straight, we prayed for him. He didn't get healed. But for three months straight, our team was like, no. And we went after stroke, um, stroke victims. And like, we were like, you know, Jesus, we want to see this breakthrough. We want to see this breakthrough for the sake of this child. God, we need to see breakthrough. And three months later, we saw loads of healings. People's hands that are, are, are solid, like they can't move them because of the effects of strokes. And they open and they move for the first time in years. We saw radical miracles in this area. Three months later, we go to this boy and we say, with the wealth of experience that we have seen God, we pray from this place. And that boy was healed. He was healed. Like, it's incredible. Um, wow. And we celebrate that. We celebrate the smallest miracle and we celebrate it. We don't mm. look at the negative. We look at the smallest miracle. God, you did it mm. yeah, you mm. can do it again. Uh, mm. We believe mm. testimonies of the spirit of prophecy, prophesying into our circumstances. God, do it again. Yeah, that's interesting because every time, you know, I, when, I, when, I, when I hear messages from Bill, especially, he, he talks a lot about, you know, creating the culture of the testimony, testimony sharing, yes. you know, and, and how important that is. And, um, and I yeah, think it's, it's yeah. great, as you, as you have said, you know, we are not relying on the gifts, but we are, we, we are our trust is in the, the character of God, right? Our, yeah. our trust is in the, so the reality that God is good and that yeah. God is a healer. No matter what, no matter yeah. what, what I experience or, or whatever happens. Exactly. And One thing I wanted to add on this topic before we move on is yeah, yeah. Um, with my wife and a story with my wife. Right. Um, we went through a season and like healing is kind of the highlighting of seasons. Healing, so particular healing is something that we've been noticing a trend of in our ministry. So we went through a, a stage where on every outreach, we would see blind eyes opening. Um, and like just crazy stories of uh, people that are blind, like eyes open and they see. And I remember my, my wife 
she got this, we call it righteous jealousy. <laughs> she was like, how come, she said, how come I haven't seen blind eyes open through my prayers? Like she had seen it through me or people and members in the, in the ministry. But mm. She had an experience of herself and she was like, God, I want to, I want to see the blind eyes open. Right. So the one day she goes on this outreach to women stuck in human trafficking, she goes to this, this elderly prostitute who had been in prostitution her whole life. She was stuck in human trafficking. And I think she was in her 50s, late 50s, early 60s, I don't know. Um, and Rachel sits down next to her, um, and then eventually it comes out that she's blind. She only can see 10%, and she cannot see in color. She just sees shapes and, and, and vague outlines. Mm. And Rachel puts her hand on her eyes, prays for her, and the woman's eyes were completely open. And she, this, this, this elderly woman started screaming and shouting. She was like, I didn't even know that you were a white woman. She just started freaking out. Look, I can see your, your car that is parked all the way on the other side of the parking lot. And all, all of them were just crying in the presence of Jesus as Jesus healed this lady. A week later, we went back to that same spot. That woman has quit. She, she, she was set free from human trafficking. She left. She went oh. home. and was she, So she wasn't only healed physically, but she was also healed mentally and spiritually. And she wow. went home. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just such a beautiful testimony as my wife, she hadn't experienced that, even though she had prayed for the blind people. But through her perseverance and her not choosing to be offended at other people's experiences, mm -hmm. she chose to, to still celebrate everything and go after it, even though she hadn't seen it. And one day it shifted. Mm -hmm. Now, whoever Rachel prays for and is blind gets healed. We in America, we prayed for this little girl, um, and, and she's, she's uh, partially blind, if not blind in the one eye. Pray for her. Um, and the next day she wakes up, three-year-old girl walks to her mom and says, Mommy, I can see out of both my eyes now. And so it's just, it's beautiful, right? So anyway, I, I don't know, I don't know how, how to explain that other than testimonies um, mm -hmm. and just encouragement, like don't give up, keep on going. Allow that righteous jealousy to take over and say uh, that tenacity that says, I will choose mm -hmm. to pursue this even though I'm not seeking to see it. You know, wow. and I, I do, I know that some people, uh, Rachel, my wife, she'll, she'll say, Joshua, you operate more with the healing side of things. Um, and she doesn't, that's, for me, it's in my nature. I'm like, I want to see people heal. Uh, for Rachel, that's not her first um, motivation. She's, she's got a different aspect of God that she loves to reveal that she's passionate about. And it's different to mine, um, yet she hasn't satisfied She's not satisfied just in her revelation of Jesus. She wants to have the full, the whole revelation of Jesus. So mm. she's pursued that. She's amazing. I love my wife. She's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, wow. You know, like just hearing to what is possible, listening to what is possible, um, really just kind of switches your mindset already, you know really switches your mindset onto, you know, what looking at what is possible and, and the, and the, and the, what kind of doors that it can open uh, when it comes mm. to our evangelism and our, because I mean, if we just talk about the West, just for, as an example, you know, like I think the typical uh, evangelical, evan uh, evangelic practice is a lot of explaining, you know, a lot of mm. sharing of the gospel, explaining and stuff like that as well. But yeah. But we do, but we do know 
you know, like the conviction is there still. We do know that, you know, but Jesus always operated in, in power in demonstration yes. of power. And when there is demonstration of power, people will listen, whatever you're going to have to exactly. say, you know, and there, there, because there's authority onto that, you know, and, and there's something that is very interesting as you've been continue talking about. And it's actually what I also wanted to just talk about and ask you after that as well, which is really cool. Um, is the, is the envy you're talking about, like a righteous envy, you call it the righteous yes. envy. Now, I think there is some misunderstanding with some people um, when they think about operating in the spiritual gifts, right? Because they yes. think that it is more important to seek his face than his hands, if you know what yes. I mean. So uh, I think we, I think some of us might struggle to see a line between mm -hmm. what is envying, like righteous envying and actually, exactly. no, 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 what is, what is like carnally envying and what is spiritually yes. coveting, you know? And, yes. But the Bible says covet. Bible says COVID, yeah, yeah. you know? Got That's it. a good one. That I, like, I like that. I love that definition of, of what does it look like. And I remember in the beginning when I started seeing loads of signs and wonders, I remember, I remember going to God and saying, God, I never want to be, I never want to be known for what I've done for you. I want to be known as the friend of Jesus. I, I don't, mm. You know what I mean? And mm. I think personally, this, this, the signs and wonders, the miracles, the, if it's all based out of a relationship with Jesus, where you see his face, where you know his heart and you respond out of that. Because when you go up to a perfect stranger and say, hey, Jesus wants to heal you, um, it's that the confidence that you know that it's the heart of Jesus to heal the sick. It, it's like, he wants them not to be healed physically, emotionally, and spiritually to be healed. Like that, Jesus wants that. He wants a wholeness. I believe the Greek mm -hmm. word, uh, the Greek word is sozo, being healed body, soul, and spirit. Like God wants people, like out of the 10 lepers, um, mm -hmm. all 10 were physically healed. Only mm -hmm. one came back uh, sozo, healed uh, in the body, healed the, the, the spirit and mentally completely healed. And, I want more of that. I want that to be my normal in ministry. Mm. I want people to be holistically healed because I know it's the heart of God, you know? Mm. And yes, there are times where we only see salvations. There are times where we only see healings and the people are like, oh, cool. I don't, that's fine. I'm happy Jesus healed me, mm. you know? Mm. Um, there, there are those times and we want to see holistic healing. But I do think there's a difference, going back to your question, um, I think there's a difference between going after, you've always got to check your heart, right? Mm. So like, <laughs> um, I, I don't mind, I don't want to, I don't want to prostitute the gifts of Jesus. Um, you know, this is something that's free. I, I believe personally that, that the gift of healing is for the church. It's for everyone. It's not only for like the, the superpower evangelist. It's for all of us. Mm. Um, it's for the church. I've, I've, I've been in circumstances where um, sometimes there's no healing and then God tells me to get everyone to pray for healing so that no man gets the glory for it. It's mm. just, as long as it's pointing back to Jesus, like mm. it's all got to be back to Jesus. I pray for people in the name of Jesus, not out of my name, but mm. out of the name of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus that is healing you, not me. This does not come from me. This comes from the love of God towards the person that mm. I'm reaching out to. Mm. And I've, um, 
that there's that check in your heart where you're like, ah, I'm just going after this for the testimonies. There's yeah. so many stories that are, there's so many testimonies that are with me and Jesus only that I don't want to share because they're too precious to me. Mm, mm. You know? And it's, it's because it's my story with Jesus. My encounters with Jesus. I don't read my Bible so that I can have a message for Sunday. I, I read my Bible because I want to know Jesus. I mm. want him to be so real to me. I want to see his face. I, I love him with all that I am. And I think that's the difference where we, where, where people have stepped out and they're going after, they're going after the hand of God, but they don't want to know the man behind mm. the hand, you know? Mm. And I think that's something that everyone has to like walk with because it's so easy to say, oh, cool, look at my ministry. I've got a, this, this wonderful healing ministry, which I think is good. Like, yes, we need healing ministries. But there's that thing of, is God getting the glory or is man getting the glory? And there's that, that whole pool. And I do believe that we are the tabernacle. The church is the tabernacle. I am the tabernacle. We host the presence of God. We carry the presence. You know what I mean? And um, I do believe that the glory, we, we get moments where we get to share in carrying the glory of God. Like I had people coming up to me and say, are you amazing? Um, what you and your wife are doing is incredible. And I've got an option. I, I can let that go to my head or I can choose and say, thank you so much. I really appreciate you encouraging me like that. Turning around, going into the secret place, falling on my knees and be like, God, I give you back the glory. I give it all back to you, Jesus. It is yours. It belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you, Jesus. All I want to do is, let God receive the glory. Let my life be a testament to the glory of God. Um, and I think that, for me personally, um, that is, is just such a beautiful place to be um, where you give God all the glory uh, and he's the one and, and actually seeking his face, not his hand. But when you see his face, you will see his hand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just so beautiful. Like you cannot come out of an encounter with Jesus and just stay at home and self-reflect. Like encountering Jesus compels us to go and reach out to the lost, to go and pray for the sick. That when we hear of people suffering, our heart is stirred, like because we carry the heart of Jesus. Mm. And that comes from daily seeking him, I believe personally. Mm. Um, it comes from daily seeking him, not his hand, but his heart. God, teach me your ways. One of my favorite scripture is uh, Exodus 33 verse three. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think it's 33 verse 13 or 3 or something, mm -hmm. where Moses prays to God and says, yes. if I found now favor in your sight, teach me your ways that I may know you, that I may find favor in your sight. Yeah, and yeah. That is, yeah, it's, it's that, yeah. Moses asked for the right thing. You know, after, mm -hmm. a, after seeing all these miracles, after seeing all these <laughs> incredible things, after being that leader who led the people of Israelites out of Egypt, Moses goes yes. up to Mount Sinai and he asks God to show him his ways that he may know so him. Good, and it's, it's a beautiful so thing. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that doesn't mean though that like, so do you, so would you, would you say that then like seeking his face, like you naturally see his hand, you will naturally see his hand. Well, I think it's, it's, it's not either or I think it's both and more. Um, okay. So yes, naturally, we will see it. There's my, my one friend, her name is Andy Seaway. She says this, she says in, in, um, 
the spiritual realm, you can't get taught the stuff. You got to, you taught it and then you have to do it. Like you have to actually go out and, and do it. So it's, it's positioning yourself. Like I found that the days that I don't want to go on outreach, I just want to relax and watch a movie uh, are the days where I find the best or the biggest miracles where I see God do the greatest thing or the most salvations is wow. when I don't want to go out, but I choose and say, okay, God, I'm dying to myself right now. I'm going to go and seek your kingdom invading earth. And so there is, there is both and more. I, I've been, I've been in meetings where I'm just having a coffee date with somebody and they just start weeping as Jesus is healing their body. I'm like, what's going on? And it's like, I didn't tell you, but I had so much pain in my shoulder. But since since we started having coffee, I could feel my body being healed. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Obviously, Jesus is doing it. I didn't even know, bro. Amazing. And so the, I, I do think it's both. Mm. I do think it's both. Like I've heard I've heard of countless, I remember once we were leading worship, and the, the one person says, from the strum of the instrument, I felt God healing my body. And at the mm. end of the worship session, my body was completely healed. Right. No one prayed for me. It right. was just in the atmosphere. We mm-hmm. had, um, we, we were seeking God and mm. God showed up and healed the sick. So mm. you, you get what I mean? I, I do think it's both. I do feel like there has to be this pursuit, um, mm. pursuing uh, the things of God. Like mm. um, if that makes any sense, like, like yeah. practicing, practicing praying for the sick. Practicing right. prophesying, um, you, you get what I mean. There is, it's like a muscle. You've got to, mm-hmm. you got to, you got to grow it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Without works, which is the tension, right? Mm. Without working for it, because it's a free gift. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. very big tension, um, yeah. and it has to be done out of relationship. I believe, mm-hmm. I believe it has mm-hmm. to be done out of relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, great. That's good, because uh, I actually the the whole next question was gonna be about you know talking about the right focus in that, but you know it's already there, it's already out there, you know. So, um, just I I totally agree with you. I mean, it's just that intimacy with the Lord that just makes everything happen, makes everything possible, you know. And um, yeah. and we will obviously have to acknowledge that there are a lot of people that in training there are a lot of people who are walking the road to maturity that yes. are really trying to operate in these things just for the sake of trying to seeing them, trying to see them or yeah. whatever else the reason might be. Right. Yeah. But then when That's I, so true. Bro. So yeah. like I found just with the maturity side of things, I found that, um, I don't know if I should tell that story. I won't tell that story, but I, I found <laughs> that, I found that in, in this environment of, um, like people pursuing these things. Sometimes you get younger Christians um, that don't know what they're doing and they pray all the wrong things. They say all the wrong things. Um, But because of that relationship, you are able to walk people into, I don't want, I never want to control a circumstance. I never want my, my rules to snipe in passion, but I do want people to, to grow in maturity. And I think that comes through fathering, through relationship, uh, through challenging I, I heard my dad say this in the hebrew culture it's not about your destination it's about the journey it's mm. how you get there that brings out the best and that mm. that is what we celebrate we celebrate the journey we don't finish the finished destination it's like we like we put people into the we say okay cool now you're baptized with the holy spirit 
now you got to graduate. No, there's a there's a, a, a journey that we all work. God is working in us. You know what I mean? So you in a in a healthy family, you got people of all ages. You got old people, middle aged people, twenties, uh, teenagers, little children. Mm. That's a healthy family. And to expect that people go from infancy to maturity overnight, yeah. it's just not a very healthy approach to family. Right. Um, and I, I, that, that's personally what I believe. Like there has yeah. to be that level yeah. of yeah. let's grow together. You know more in this area. I don't know as much. Let me glean and learn and, Right, right. Yeah, that, that, that is that is relationship. That is what relationship based means. Yeah. That, that is what discipleship is, you know, to, yes. to walk with and to see growth together. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's also something that I've seen, you know, like people, uh, because when people are not discipled, right, they're, when they're not guided, like, although you may have, and this is the interesting thing, because the, 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 it comes to the scripture. It comes to the point of scripture. I don't know if it's something, if it's actually a topic that we're going to be talking about later or so, but I'm just going to mention it here. But this, the scripture that says that, you know, in Romans that says um, the gifts and anointings are irrevocable, right? Yeah. And that is something very interesting because God is giving gifts without, you know, looking at their maturity level. There, it, it even opens a possibility that if a person who used to walk with the Lord and or used to operate in the gift and actually loses their faith and stumbles, I mean, he still operates in that gift. And so, like, it opens a whole lot of um, idea because, you know, some people have, like, yeah. an idea that, uh, you know, gift of the Spirit, when you see miracle happen or when you see, like, a gift of prophecy happening or so, whatever like yeah. that, it always has to be attached with yeah. the yeah. reality yeah. of the person of the Holy Spirit in that place, yeah. Yeah. you know? Exactly. But that doesn't necessarily mean so if you consider that, you know, gifts are just irrevocable things. So it's like, okay, like in scripture as well, right? Saul, after he had, King Saul, after he had abandoned God, right? He, the, the spirit of the Lord has left him. And afterwards, mm -hmm. we still see him in a place where he prophesies. Yeah. yeah. It's like, where does it come from? You went there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where is that coming you from? There. You yeah. know, so it's, 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 it's really, it's really interesting. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if this is a whole I, yeah. can of worms, I, but. Yeah, this is the kind of way, but just like to touch on that as well. Like I, I remember, um, I've noticed just, just this is experience, right? But I've noticed um, that people that operate, people that operate like with fortune telling and tarot card reading, like right. they've got an unredeemed gift of prophecy and they haven't mm -hmm. been introduced to Jesus. And mm -hmm. Satan is riding on the back and using that to speak into to those things because Satan, Satan doesn't have the gift of prophecy. Uh, mm. That's a gift that God has given us. Or you, you get what? It's, don't don't hold me to this, but um, this is not right. theological. This is just what I've noticed. Mm. Um, and then when those people get saved, uh, they have got this. It just firstly it has to be redeemed, and then God uses it. Does that make sense? They're going right. to close that right. door to familiarity. The familiar. For, the familiarity spirit and the good right, right. the Holy Spirit. Wow. Um, and that's why you got people that are able to like, uh, I, I remember good testimony. I remember walking, got, I was on an outreach and I walked into this, this new age art shop 
And I was like, God, I feel so uncomfortable right now. I can feel the pressure. Like, you know, like, ugh, I feel so slimed right now. What's going on, God? And the woman, the owner walks out and, and she stops and she says, Whoa, you've got such an amazing aura about you. It is so white and so pure. Mm. It is so beautiful. I just can't stop looking at your aura, your aura. And I'm like, well, awesome. Because that's the Holy Spirit <laughs> living in me. Yeah. She literally can see the Holy Spirit in me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, thank you. And she's like, wait, what do you do? There's something about what you do. And um, I used a little bit of that jargon. I was like, well, I am a spiritual cleanser. I go around cleaning people's spiritual life and nah. their spiritual atmosphere in place. You get what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm using their own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, and this was led by the Holy Spirit because I don't know much about this area. And she was like, wow. And then she started to tell me about a, a reoccurring dream that she was having. And instantly I was like, oh my word, I feel like I'm Joseph from the Bible right now. This is just crazy. And God gave me a word of knowledge for her dream, which was finished telling the story. She was like, yeah, what do you think of that? And I said, um, I said, ma'am, you need to forgive your biological dad for molesting you, you when you were five years old. She just bawls. She just starts crying her eyes out. How did you know that? And I said, well, my mediator is Jesus Christ. And he says he loves you and he wants to heal that part of your heart. <sighs> she got saved, bro. She got saved. But the wow. point is, right? That, that's a, that blows my I love that story. Um, and I did not prepare that story. So there we go. Um, there we go. <laughs> um, that, that was just, she was prophetically seeing. She was seeing in the spiritual realm, which was her gifting, but right. Satan was using it for his glory. Uh -huh. um, and, 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 but, but she could not deny that Jesus was the one that knows her and loves her and wants to heal her. And she was just weeping as God, God delivered her from homosexuality, from um, silencing and um, invoking the spirit and the familiar spirit. Like God was healing her and delivering her all of that as she got saved mm. right there. In her new age shop. Mm. Wow. So anyway, I, that's just to touch, just to touch on that a little bit. Um, I do believe that to talk about spiritual gifting, I do believe um, I always go back to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus was the, he was the perfect prophet. Jesus was the perfect evangelist. Jesus is the perfect uh, pre preacher, perfect teacher. Perfect pastor, perfect, um, what's apostle. the other word I'm looking for? Apostle. Like, uh, Jesus is, he is a degree. And I want to be more like him. So there's some giftings where I'm not strong at. Um, but I know Jesus lives inside of me and it's there. Hmm. And I can literally go and I can lean on Jesus and say, Jesus, teach me right now on how hmm. to, to do these giftings. Does that make any sense? How to hmm. prophesy? prophetic right it's it's something that is uh controversial and also at the same time you know many people understand it differently right i have no i mean yeah. we're gonna we're gonna unpack this later as well in the part two yeah that's for that time but i just want to talk about really prophetic, prophetic gift as you as you understand it and, and and talk about yeah and and as we generally understand within um the charismatic pentecostal community or whatever you want to call that right there is a difference between prophetic ministry and the yeah. gift of prophecy right 
So yes. can you explain to us what is a gift of prophecy and how it differs from being prophetic? Okay. Um, I think like, I, I, just to say, I'm not a theologian in this. So, um, and I know there are Bible verses that I won't be able to unpack a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, but I do know there is a difference between prophetic ministry and prophetic gifting. Like there are some people that I've noticed personally that operate more in the prophetic ministry realm um, of doing things than, than, than I necessarily do. I think people that have got a prophetic ministry, they, they speak into levels, you'll see them speak into levels of government, uh, business, uh, personal, um, uh, like almost like a foretelling of what God is going to be doing. Uh, there's just a higher level of prophecy uh, minister and I, like these are I also find that that people that are prophetic and have got a prophetic ministry they don't fit into the normal way of society like they always are doing things a lot differently and sometimes they're misunderstood um, which is interesting and so I know there's that difference and then, and then I know there's a difference between the gift of prophecy um, and some people have that gifting some people tap into it for moments and they're like, wow, I, I prophesied and that doesn't normally happen. But I do believe um, what Paul says in the Corinthian church, uh, seek prophecy, uh, like, you know, um, like seek it, like go after it, because it's a tool that we can use mm. to unlock people's hearts, to speak into circumstances. Uh, it almost, what I find with the prophetic gifting is that it disarms people's um, agendas or, the walls that divide us, it disarms them. Uh, I've often had, heard stories of when people get a prophetic word, they're like, they're like, oh, I thought you were coming to Bible bash me. How did you know all of that stuff? And my response is because Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know what? It's, it's him pursuing you. Um, and always people always think that God wants to judge them. Like the prophetic word is to judge. And I think that's a very Old Testament revelation, even though I have, I've had moments where I, I, I used the word of knowledge and I was like, hey, you're sleeping with your, with your girlfriend. That's not right. I remember God giving me a dream of my one friend. I phoned him up the next day. I'm like, dude, what are you getting into? And he's like, how did you know? I don't know what to do. I haven't spoken to anyone yet. So I've had those moments, but it's all with love. If you lose love, if love is not the, the, the thing that is driving you, and it's mm. just judgment. I, then I think personally, it leaves a little bit of a distaste in my mouth um, where people prophesy like that, where it's judge, worrying. And there is that one prophet in the Bible where he was paid to go and prophesy and curse the people. And the donkey actually spoke to him. Right, right, right. He couldn't do anything else but bless him, uh, bless the people because, you know, um, and... There, there is that. I, I, I really do believe it's all going to do with love. So I hope that answered your question. I don't feel like it did properly. Um, I just know there is a difference, but you've got to, you, you test and approve prophecy. So you, it's basically the, the gift of prophecy and the prophetic ministry. They're basically like the same idea, uh, from yes. if I can understand it, from what you were saying. But the target and uh, the, the purpose of it is slightly different. Yes. In terms of where yes. prophetic ministry is more talking to, you know, authorities, 
uh, yes. especially of the government, civil authority, etc. Whereas the, the gift of prophecy goes more to just like individuals. It can happen on a daily basis. It can happen yeah. to yeah. everybody, right? And um, yeah. what is prophecy? Is, is, is prophecy looking into the future and foretelling them? Is that what prophecy mm -hmm. is? I, I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Um, and it's, it's that thing of it's, 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 it's either or, but it's, I, I feel prophecy, the best, it, the best I can explain it is hearing the voice of God for a circumstance, mm. for a person, for a country, and responding with the love of God towards that and speaking it to be. Right. Does that make sense? makes sense but does that mean that it doesn't have to be a foretelling of something it doesn't necessarily but it just brings illumination into a situation illumination into situation right like you know it, 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 like we, are, we prophesy in part we don't know the full picture and sometimes god will give me a picture or a word of knowledge and i always approach it like this i don't want to interpret what i'm seeing with my own lens Mm. Let me just tell you what I'm seeing. And then I ask, does that mean anything to you? This is what I was feeling when I saw that. Mm. And then people just start weeping. Like, how did you know that? I'm like, I, I don't want to bring my own interpretation to what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling. I just want to bring it into the, the does this make sense? Um, and I, then you have friends contact me and they're like, they're like, Joshua, we, we're going through decision time. Can you, can you pray and give a word into this? And then I'm like, well, this is what I'm feeling for it right now. This is what I'm seeing. And they're like, bro, you bang on, you're accurate. I, I, how did you know that? And I was like, I want to, I want to remove my interpretation of what I'm seeing, reading, mm. or feeling. Mm. Um, I want to remove that because as soon as I bring my own interpretation, I, I, I'm not accurate. I've noticed this for me personally. I'm like, I feel like God's saying that. And they're like, no, bro, that is so inaccurate. I'm like, oh, no. I use my past experience to prophesy. Uh, mm. That's not so, um, but God can highlight something that you went through, um, and then you say it in a way that actually unlocks somebody else. So, like, like there's just you've got to be. That's why I keep on saying it. it's like knowing the heart of God for that person, for that circumstance, for that, that thing. Um, mm. uh, we we've got to say and say let's like sometimes I can see all the dirt in a person, but I look for the gold and I pull the gold out of the person and I honor that. Um, I don't honor all the other stuff that I'm seeing. I look mm. for the gold and bring the gold out of it. Mm. And I feel like that is such a beautiful way of doing and, and operating in the prophetic is mm. activating and drawing it out of people. Right. What right. does God put in you? Let me celebrate that because what I celebrate increases. What I honor increases. Um, you, you get what I mean. Mm. Uh, it's anyway, mm. that's, that's just what I believe in that. Wow. Wow. Great. Man, there's actually more stuff that I want to ask, but yeah, you know, this conversation can go on for hours. You know, we know this, you know this, right? I'm really enjoying this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so please uh, deal with me. Let's try make it a little bit more brief. Um, so if, if, if for whoever that, are, that may be watching this and maybe listening to this, um, they may be thinking, okay, now what? 
know, like I want to, I want to do something, right? I want to, I've been hearing all these stories out there. Okay. Now I want to try something. I want to, you know, like, where do I start? Where do I begin? Like, do I need to, you know, I, I felt, I personally felt sometimes, you know, that to kind of, kind of get myself soaked into that culture, into that training or so whatever, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I think, I think that is also what attracts a lot of people to things like, uh, like Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry. I mean, that, that, I guess that could be like on one of the options, but you know, at the same time, like well how what would you like to recommend to people i think the first thing to to honor is hunger i always say hunger is a gift if god mm. gives you the gift of hungering these things it doesn't come from you like like that's a gift that god has given you it's like a promise that he has made hunger is a promise that what you are hungering will be satisfied you, you get what i'm saying so firstly let's honor the hunger in your heart that you desire this um, you desire to see the supernatural. You desire to see, because that doesn't come from you. That only comes from God. Mm. Um, and then the second thing is to ask him, to say, God, it's a free gift. We don't have to work for this. Um, the Holy Spirit is a gift that he has given us. We cannot, we, we, this is not a Father Christmas Christianity. We cannot be good to receive the gifts at the end of the day. Mm. Like, mm. like it's, it's not about what we have done. Um, it's about what Jesus has done to make a way for us to mm. receive all of this. Mm. Uh, and the, the Holy Spirit is the essence of Jesus. It's the breath of Jesus. Jesus breathed over the disciples and they were empowered. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the, the Holy Spirit is the breath of Jesus Christ. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive Jesus. And he is the great prophet. He is the great physician. And he's living inside of us. And I am just his conduit i am just his hands and his feet i'm the puppet he is the puppet master <laughs> you know and that's that's the gift that he has given us he's given you so it starts with saying god i ask for that gift give me the gift the free gift i don't have to work for this gift um, and then like positioning ourselves to receive from him uh, and, and getting over our mind and letting our our spirit man lead us and going to the Bible and saying, God, how did you do it? And then reading the book of Acts and seeing how it was activated and awoken because the Acts is a continuum. It's the Acts. It hasn't mm. stopped. Um, and learning to see how the, the apostles did it and how the, the deacons did it and, and Stephen and all those people and, and seeing that it's actually a common thing. Um, and then going out uh, and and praying for the sick and prophesying and um, and just doing crazy things like that. Start in safe environments if you need to, um, and then I would say if you feel led to go to schools or read teachings and read books on the topic, do that. Mm -hmm. But like um, do it in a very broad spectrum. Don't only do it with one ministry, one stream. Mm -hmm. Like, right. like lean and learn from everyone. Mm, uh, chew mm. on the meat and spit out the bone. Like, you, you get what I mean? Find yeah. out what works for you and, 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 and just encourage yourself in that. And then, yeah, and then surround yourself with people. Like, that's the big one. Find, find, find a father. You've got to be father. Find a father and a mother that will walk this journey with you. Mm. Um, that loves you and wants to see you activated and empowered. That's, that's how I recommend it. Start the prayer. Stop by reading the Bible. Um, yeah. Start from hunger. That's good. Yes. That's, I think it's actually a really good thing that you point out that, you know, we can't, we can't hunger ourselves. It's a spiritual thing. You know, it's a, and you actually got to ask for the gift of hunger. 
you know. I it, mean, it, even that even that prayer is so weird. It is weird. Like, just, you know, like, I want to be more hungry. God, make me more hungry for you. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then before that, even before that, you gotta pray. God, make me hungry so that I can pray for hunger. <laughs> no it's it's but it's a it's a it's a good idea it's a simple idea but it's like you know um Beautiful. i think we kind of get stuck, stuck in that sometimes idea that uh, you know you have you have to want it uh yourself yeah. you know and then you there they can something something can happen on from there but you don't have yeah. to wait you know until you're starving to death eventually you know <laughs> or something like that exactly yeah uh, can jay can i pray for the people watching like if anyone feels like this is them that we are talking to yeah yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, just after that, just after that, we can just talk shortly about the ministry quickly as well. Yeah, sure. Let's do that's that. Great. Yeah. So if you if you feel that hunger stirring in your heart, and you will know if 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 we are talking to you and you feel that hunger stirring, you just want more. You will know that, that, that you know. I'm just want you to open up your hands and uh, just receive as we just pray over you. So yeah, Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you will give hunger. That you are the God that gives hunger. And it's a promise guaranteeing us that you're going to meet that hunger. So right now, Jesus, I pray for the free gift, the free gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray that you breathe over every single one of us, that God, your spirit will be made alive inside of us. God, we say, let us be your hands and feet. Let us be your conduit, Jesus. Mm. God, I just speak over every single person that's listening. That God, you will activate and awaken them to the spiritual realm. That the spiritual realm is so real. God, I pray that they mm. won't logic their way into things. Mm. But God, that they will let the Holy Spirit lead them into all things. Mm. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. I pray right now that you'll just illuminate the Bible. When they read the Bible, they'll just see you coming alive in the scriptures. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Mm. Man, that was really good. Such, it, yeah, there was a, there was, there was a Lord, you know, um, I think it was a brilliant idea for, uh, for us to be praying for the people who might be listening to this, uh, we can all be hungry for, for the Lord, his face leading to his hands, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just witnessing his kingdom come. So, um, yeah, before we move on to part two now, right, <laughs> this is just part one. That's insane. You know? Before we move on to part two, where we discuss about like the unity and the body of Christ and the controversy between the word and the spirit side of things, uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, how can we, uh, if anybody, if anybody is listening to this, wants to support your ministry and your family, how can we do that? Is there, do you offer any partnership or short-term mission or like, and what is your like general needs in the ministry? And how can we support you financially or can we subscribe to like newsletters or things like that? So go shoot. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, um, I'll give you my website link and it should be below, uh, but you can find us on globalmissionmissions.com. Uh, uh, you can find our webpage and we've got lots of links there to email us or contact us or even get onto Facebook and Instagram. You can find us there, Global Mercy Missions. Um, yeah, you, please email us at globalmercymissions at gmail.com. Uh, there's loads of ways. I always say to people, I don't, there's always a need. There is always a need in, in our ministry. There's always something that we need, but we don't look at man to provide. So don't give out of compulsion. Please don't give your tithe either that belongs to your church um, and whoever you are receiving from. Uh, but if you are led 
to give, if you feel that, that ambition to give to us, please contact us. We'd love to give you our banking details. Um, yeah, only if you're led. <laughs> only if you're led. I always say, God, if you stop providing, then I'll find a job. <laughs> and he hasn't stopped providing. And uh, we, we don't ask for money. We just ask people to listen to Jesus. And if he mm. unctions you to give, you can give. No pressure yeah, guys. Awesome. Mm. Uh, what about like do you do you, is, is, do you do you offer like partnerships on like short term mission trips and things like that? Yes, yeah, it's all on the webpage. We do oh, okay. short term missions trips. Uh, we do lots of hosting, um, and it's been so much fun. We've been able to host uh, people from many different organizations and ministries. Uh, the the spectrum is vast. Um, so from Baptist churches all the way to uh, spirit led ministries, and we we've hosted them all and. Um, I always got this really confident thing that I say. Um, and I'm like, if you haven't seen a miracle, you're going to see it today. Um, and we have seen bread multiplying, food literally multiplying, um, miracles, signs and wonders, encountering Jesus. So um, we just really love, we love exposing people and, and bringing them on the journey. Mm, so it's like, okay. so yeah, please get on. We love hosting teams. So Amazing, amazing. I can testify to that. Although, I, although me and my team were there, it was just for a very short period of time, but uh, it is going to be a very unique experience. Fantastic. Come on, bro. And things have changed so much since you've been there. It's crazy. Is it? <laughs> you need to come back and visit, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. When I get to South Africa sometime again. All right, Josh, uh, we're going to take, take some break now. And um, yeah, I will, see you. I will see you just in a bit and coming back into part two. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am always grateful for the missionaries that I know that are pouring their hearts and resources out to the poor, both in body and spirit. And if the Lord is moving in your heart to give or to partner with them, you can find them in globalmercymissions.com. Part two will be available soon. And again, you will stay up to date if you are subscribed to our mailing list. God bless you guys. And I'll see you next time.